You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 39 of season three of Heart and Soul. I am joined virtually today by Mac Wilson and Ken's Durham, and they are the co-founders of Delight Ministries and For the Girl. Um, so thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Oh my goodness. We are so excited. This is so fun yeah. and honored to be here. Yeah. Um, I actually spoke at a delight event in January and nice. it was awesome. It was so fun. I got to see, like, I coach a lot of college girls in fitness. And so mm-hmm. they asked me to speak at their delight group on body image and, my story. And it was so awesome to see like all these college women gathered together with like the same heart for just growing (laughs) in in their faith. Um, and then I didn't realize that for the girl and delight were by the same people (laughs) because I followed (laughs) both on Instagram and I was like, Oh, I'm dumb. Like I didn't even put that together. A lot of people don't, it can be confusing. (laughs) Yeah. And for the girl, is that, um, well, just for those who don't follow, you should follow for the girl on Instagram and, and then their podcast as well. But, um, is that just a virtual ministry or do y'all do like meetings with women too around campus? Yeah. No, such a great question. Uh, so delight was what came first. So delight was we were in college. We started a Bible study together. It kind of like took off on our campus. And then we decided to start delight on other campuses. And so today we have delight chapters on over 200 college campuses kind of all over, but through, yeah, crazy, but (laughs) through the last, um, nine, 10 years of doing ministry together, um, as we've kind of you know, aged out of college and just done ministry to so many different ages, we kind of realized there was like, a niche. We were creating all of these other things that we felt like didn't have a home at delight, but we wanted to give them a a different home. And so, Mm. um, yeah, for the girl is more of a digital community. Um, so we're, our goal is to just resource women to encounter Jesus in their everyday. So really providing them tools and resources to meet with Jesus in their dorm room or in their bedroom, whether they're in high school, whether they're in college or whether they're like post-grad, um, to adult and all those things. And so for the girl is more of our podcast. We go on a tour every year and host events. And then we release um, Bible studies throughout the year where we encourage women to, to do them in person with groups nearby. Um, but yeah, more of a digital community kind of all over for all different ages of different aged girls, which is so fun. (laughs) Yeah. That's incredible. Are y'all, well, y'all are busy first of all, but where, um, (laughs) do you live in North? You're in North Carolina, right? Uh, like about a year ago, almost. Um, but I'm from, I lived in Nashville for nine years, which is where we met. And then, so Ken still lives in Nashville. Yeah. Okay. So Nashville and sorry, it cut out Nashville and you both, do you both live in Nashville? Um, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Got it. It cut out a little bit and I was like, I don't know what she said. Um, (laughs) And then delight is strictly for college students. Correct. 
Yes, that is right. So it's like an actual, this ministry is like so much in-person happening on college campuses. So what that looks like is they meet each week and we actually have curriculum within Delight. So they're going through a book. All of our chapters are student-led. So we have leaders all over the country and then girls show up every week and get in the word of God and get to, um, you know, we always say at college, like, college is such a tough season of life where you're like yeah. away from your, your parents, away from home, away from the comforts of home and really kind of starting all over. And it's exciting. It's so exciting and so much fun, but it also comes with like a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of unknowns. And so if there can be a place on every college campus where you can come together and feel like safe and seen and known and chase after the heart of God together, it can change everything for your yeah. future. And so, um, yeah. And there's something so special about just the girls, just girls, um, you share more, you talk about more. So there's so much power in this community. We're about to launch delight on like 212 universities this semester, um, which is so insane. So yeah, it's, re- it's really, really fun. Mac and I started delight like when we were in college together, we went to Belmont University in Nashville, and that's where we met and started doing ministry together. We both got to school though, and we were like, it's really hard to meet Christian friends, like, especially ones like we were in other campus ministries, love them, that's great. But especially when you just like really jived with the people, you know, there's just yeah. a difference. Um, somebody you want to grow with somebody you want to learn from yeah. somebody you just want to be around like that's just so different and so we wanted to play create like a place on campus where you yeah. could do this and find those kind of girlfriends and stuff and so anyways we started a girls bible study and it just started to grow and grow and then um we convinced some of our friends to start it at their universities that went to other schools and then they started them and then um, honestly, the hand of God has just been on the ministry. I think there's, like we said earlier, there's such a need for these, for this community and college. And so it's just grown so organically. It's grown over time too. We've been doing this now for, we graduated in 2015 and jumped into doing this, you know, for, for our whole, our whole lives. And so we've been doing ministry together for like eight years, um, which I always like to make sure people know because we might look young and cool, but (laughs) we've been doing them for this for a long time. And I think oftentimes when you listen to podcasts or when you see people on social media, having started something that's thriving, you're like, somebody's like, I want to start that. And I want to start it tomorrow. I want to be like her. And I want that to happen right now. Like Mm -hmm. I want to throw an event and I want Mm -hmm. 700 people to come. Like that took us eight, years like our first little we're about to do a conference here in Nashville our first conference was so ratchet it was at this house in Missouri there was 30 people there it was so weird and then the (laughs) next one was like a little bigger a little bigger a little bigger and now you know we can do something like that but like you have to start small and it's hard work and it's discipline and yeah we could talk about that forever but yeah Yeah, that's kind of a story in a nutshell I honestly could talk about that forever too I feel like I'm tricking people with my age because I work with a lot of college students. Like I mentioned earlier for my, I, I own a fitness studio and I, I work solely with women. So I can kind of relate on that. And I love that. I love that. I love just women being together because there's something about vulnerability in like-minded community that just like comes to the surface and lightness is 
brought from darkness and it's just beautiful, but yeah, I'm 32 and <laughs> like my girls are like nine. Some of them are like 19 and I'm like, yeah, Snapchat, like love it. Like I don't even have Snapchat on my phone. Like I yeah. am so old in comparison to them. And yeah. now that I'm pregnant, I feel like it's getting a little harder to trick them into <laughs> believing that I'm like just above their age. But, um, yeah. yeah, same thing. Like soul fitness started in parks for free. And it was like that for two years. And people think like, yeah. Oh my gosh, like, I just want to do what you did. And I'm like, okay, girl, get on the grind. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be a process. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so good. So true. It's so how good. everything starts. Like how everything starts. Yeah. Yeah. But the commitment to a calling is what makes it so much worth it. So much more worth it when you see the fruit of your obedience through the tough years or through Mm -hmm. the not so fruitful years. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I'm believing and trusting and not so patiently waiting, but still waiting. (laughs) We actually like talk about that a lot too, of like what it looks like, like like people think that the the eight years in between are for you. Those two years at the park were like brutal and tough and like the worst ever, but you're like reaching this long-term goal. That's going to be incredible. So it's like worth it. And, and that's true. It's like, so worth it. But actually too, like the first, those first moments are still so fun. You know, yeah. like I think we like dismiss that or kind of, we forget about it. I'm sure you forget about those yeah. first years a little bit we do too it's actually it was like kind of some of the best memories because like what you're saying you just get to see little fruit get to be in amazement and in awe like all every day and it sometimes I want to like go back to those moments because they are just so authentic and real and sweet and the beginning of anything is just like so so fun you know yeah so it's yeah. a very pure feeling. Like it's kind of like dating someone like the first year of dating. You're like, ah, <laughs> everything's so amazing. Um, and it's still amazing for me. Don't worry. Um, but it, it, <laughs> you it. know, you get kind of used to it <laughs> and yeah. you have to remind yourself, like, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm called to. And in the beginning, mm-hmm. it's, um, a little more like refreshing to do it for free or f- for fun even. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, well, I'm really excited to have y'all on because you're going to kind of speak to our audience on how to wrestle with life or with your faith when it feels like it's in a rut. And I think literally anyone can relate to that male or female. So, um, I can definitely relate to that. I've had many a ruts. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm like really excited for y'all to share on this topic and kind of want y'all to just take the lead and then I'll like obviously interject because I am who I am, but, um, <laughs> I just want you all to like share and encourage our listeners. Yes. Totally. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've been doing this ministry thing for like Ken said the last like nine or 10 years and pursuing Jesus, like even longer than that. And, yeah. um, I don't know, there's so many seasons of my own journey with Jesus where it has been hard to, um, maybe have that first love fire that I had in the beginning. Like you talked about, like when mm-hmm. something's new and something's fresh, it's so easy and natural to connect your heart to it every single day. But as time goes on, um, mm-hmm. and you kind of get new scars and you go through hard things yeah. and, um, you start to just simply forget maybe some of the 
reasons why you choose, you chose to like give your life to the Lord in the first place. And so, um, sometimes I think the first thing we have to do, like maybe when we're in a season of feeling dry or maybe in a season of feeling like we're in a rut, like Ken's, I talk about this all the time is like, you literally have to stop. You have to pause, stop everything. <laughs> and you have to figure out why you have to get back to the core of it, yeah. the root of it, of like, what is different now? Like, what is it? Why have maybe you stopped pursuing God? Um, maybe it's something in your life. Maybe it's like a, a relationship that making it's making it really hard. Maybe mm-hmm. it's um, just like a habit or a sin that's making it really hard. Maybe it's um, a heartbreak or disappointment or yeah. some false narrative you've begun to believe that's really keeping you from mm-hmm. um, maybe serving and loving and walking with God in a way that you used to. And so I think the very first thing is being able to first identify why, like that's the very first thing. And that might look like you, like we love to call them like, just like going on a date with Jesus, like literally schedule it, put in your calendar, all the things like, I mean, drive 45 minutes to your favorite, favorite coffee shop and like put on (laughs) a cute outfit, if you will do what you got to do, girl. Um, and literally sit there with Jesus and just ask him. I think sometimes we think we got to bring all the answers to Jesus, but like Jesus is the best answer to any questions you might have to any confusion you might have. Like Jesus always has clarity um, and peace for us when we are feeling confusion and chaos. And so um, I think finding that to sit with Jesus, soak with him, go on a walk with him, go on a date with him, go on a drive with him, do what Mm. you got to do to really begin to identify that why, the why behind what's stopping you. And then I think the second thing that is like an immediate response to it is once you've identified that of like, Mm. why am I in this rut? Um, And you might not have like 10 reasons why it might be a little less clear, but I think just like really digging first. The second thing is just to choose to get back to it, like choose to be like, okay, it's been like this, but I'm like in this moment going to choose to be different. I'm going to choose a different way. It's the same thing. Like I always like relate it back to like healthy eating or whatever. Like, you know, I went on vacation last week. I ate pizza, ice cream, all that I ever wanted. I mean, I think I got ice cream three times in one day, in one day on vacation. That's like hanging out with my brothers too much, you know? Which was awesome. It was great. But like, I remember getting back and was like, okay, I need to choose, you know, a few more vegetables over the three doses of ice cream that I had in one day. Um, but just choosing it, like you have to make that choice to, to, to do it differently. And mm. I think also the second part of this is accountability. Like mm. tell somebody, if you keep it to yourself, like you might go right back to your old ways the next day. But if you tell unstuck, I want to refall in love with Jesus again. Will you help me? Will you walk with me in this? I think those kind of three things, asking the why with Jesus, choosing to get back to it, and then telling someone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Those are huge. Um, I, I, I can relate that so much to just my own story in general, and I'm sure everyone can who's listening and who's ever been in a rut, but the biggest thing that sticks out to me is the isolation factor. Like I think so often we try to, I guess, fix something on our own or on our own strength or on our own might. And even, even when it's just like you and Jesus, which is Jesus is completely enough. It almost feels like I need something extra. And I think that's where community comes in because it's that tangible picture of Jesus, like sitting with us and like experiencing conversation. Cause he speaks so much through 
our community. And one thing that like my story with my eating disorder is like the reason I'm so passionate about shameless living is because I didn't start healing, even though Jesus knew I didn't start healing till I told my community. Right. Yeah. Um, And the isolation is where the enemy attacked me because it was so much easier to get into my mind when I was keeping it in my mind, you know, it's so much easier for him to like manipulate me or convince me of something that I'm not or rewrite my identity. Um, because I wasn't ever telling anyone like, this is what I'm struggling with. And then allowing them to speak life into me or fight the lies with the truth. You know, I was just in isolation and that's where we get demolished. Yes, absolutely. No, that's so important. There's something about like, actually like, like it's so nerve wracking, obviously, like, and usually these things are really insecure about and it's scary and we're afraid of getting rejected and like a whole list of things that make it scary, but that's, what's beautiful is you're like literally vocalizing it, like Mm. getting out of your just insides and getting it out there in the world. And there's something just about saying it out loud that uh, breaks chains in that moment and lifts a burden, like almost immediately. And then on top of that, you then have somebody to ask you questions and to hold you accountable and, to be there with you as you take steps out out of that and towards Jesus. And yeah. Yeah. And just the being there with you is enough sometimes. Like I just need you to sit with me in this mess and, (laughs) and tell me or, and remind me that it's okay for me to be in this place. And I'm still like completely lovable here, you know, like I'm still totally enough here. Um, I think often like as women, especially we convince ourselves that the state of mind that we're in, or like the state of life that we're the season that we're in, like is our, it defines us, you know, and it's just a small blip in our story and our identity is always the same, but we can often convince ourselves of new identities every single day. Yeah. (laughs) Every (laughs) single day. Like I am this, I am that, I am not this, I am not that when Jesus says like, no, you are, you are everything to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Totally. It's Mm. huge. I think a big part of, um, when back to the conversation of even just like getting out of the rut, if you're stuck, you know, you identified the why and you chose to get back to it. You invited somebody into it. I really do think the next step, and I'm, I'm curious about how you can even relate this to what you've been through too, but I know when it comes to faith, uh, like Max said, it's, it's a choice to get back to it. And oftentimes a lot of that choice has to be like, cutting something out of your life that's been filling the void because often when we're in a rut like there's something else like Mm. we're in a rut because we've been sometimes it's like as simple as like we're in a rut because we've been scrolling Instagram too much and like literally I mean chemically it's like just infusing our spirit and in the worst way possible sometimes we've been filling the void with a guy that we've just been texting for, for that we really don't need to be. Sometimes we're filling the void partying on the weekends and maybe not even out of a, uh, <laughs> you don't even want to be, or maybe even filling the void, just who even knows doing something silly like online shopping too much, who knows what the <laughs> heck you're doing to spend, to like, 
create this distance from God, but I think there's actually an action step too. And it's on us to like take ownership of that. It's like, great. You told somebody like, great. You identified the thing. Okay. Now let's like do the hard work and the discipline of like getting that thing out of the way, like pushing that elephant out of the room. And I really believe when we do the hard work of this like when we step into discipline in this and we take ownership of this like we're not doing it just to to do it we're living we're living a life that's honoring to god but really that just creates more intimacy with him and intimacy with him brings back it like restores again you know that hope it restores again that life that joy that peace that relationship and friendship that you've just been craving and missing. And um, I say that for some people, they may be craving and missing it, but some people don't even know that they're craving and missing it until they just <laughs> listen to the podcast and do the dang thing. And then their <laughs> eyes will be opened and be like, oh my gosh, wait, I really was missing this. Um, and yeah, that I think it takes some hard work too. So yeah. And they might not realize yeah. they're missing it because they are filling that void with that distracting thing. You know, like, I don't even know I'm missing something because I'm just so consumed by this to even experience this. Yeah. I, I kind of, yeah. I, I can equate it to two things. Just, just like, as you were speaking one, um, like choosing to show up for, are y'all married? Uh, I am. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then you can probably, well, if you've ever been in or any relationship, even, even a friendship, yeah. <laughs> even that totally. it's like choosing to show up for that person, even when they're just like, not your jam in the moment, <laughs> or like, even when <laughs> you're maybe yeah. like frustrating them or they're frustrating you. Like I always, I heard this uh, sermon when I was like in high school one time and it was saying like, you know, I don't really believe in soulmates. I believe that my wife is the one because I married her and now I and I chose her. So now I have to keep choosing her to be my one. And I think that's so like, I, that really stuck with me. I was like 15 when I heard that. And I was like, okay, yeah, I don't really believe in soulmates either. Cause I've been in love with like so many people, but I (laughs) chose Michael and I'm so glad I made that choice, but we have to continue to choose each other every year. It's not like every day. It's not like you just hold on to that feeling all the time because life is hard and you're going and navigating it with, a partner now who doesn't necessarily think the same way you do all the time. And so it is like a, okay, we got to like make this choice to like stick together and love each other through this and communicate with each other. Um, and then the other thing that I thought about was I lead this, um, virtual coaching program for shameless living. And a lot of it, I work with women who struggle with eating disorders or have had eating disorders and they, are so stuck in this disordered way of thinking and eating because they're not willing to make that discipline step just yet. So they'll, they'll do the admitting, which is great. Like this is what I'm struggling with. And that's like totally step number one, but then there's step number two, three, four, five, six, you know, all the way down to hundred that is discipline each day. So maybe it is throwing away your scale as scary as that is. Cause it's been your crutch for forever or, um, deleting that 
track calorie tracking app or removing your Apple watch, if that's a trigger for you, but they're, they're holding on to those things because if they can hold on to those things then they can hold on to this part of their identity, which they're not fully ready to let go of. And it's taking that disciplined step of tangibly removing or bringing things into your life that really allows you to fully experience the joy on the other side of healing. And it's, you know, I can, I, I assume, and from my story can relate that to my faith as well. Like when I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. I really want to be closer with you, God, but like, I'm just going to continue doing all the same stuff and just like hope it like pans out. It never does because I'm just continuing to distract myself. Yeah, that's so true. That's so real for sure. And, uh, something that I feel like God's been like really talking to me about lately is, um, uh, like when we talk about like this idea of cutting out that thing that maybe you've been using to fill the void, like, I think that we have this notion that like, God only likes us when we're full, like when we're like at our best. And Gosh, I hope that's I think, not like, true. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not. Um, but I was in worship this Sunday, and um, this is like a big season of ministry for us. We have a lot going on. I'm here in Nashville for a couple of weeks. Like we have a big conference and just all this stuff. And I always feel this pressure every year, like when I get into these things, that I I need to be at my shiniest, best ministry self. Like I need to have it all together. I need to be like in the word all the time. I need to be like feeling so in love and all this stuff. And um, this past Sunday, I was just like at this moment where I was like just not feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. And, um, we sang that worship song that talks about how, um, you know, it's on a building you want to fill. It's my heart. It's what you wanted all along. And then the little bridge says, you love when I'm empty. And I literally felt like God was just like saying that to me, like Mackenzie, I love when you're empty. Like I actually love it more when you're empty because I get to fill you like yeah. not all these other vices that you use to like quickly fill yourself that literally it's like you have a hole in you and they yeah. just seep right out slowly. As soon as you put it in, it's like, no, no, no. I want to patch up all your holes. I want to patch up all your wounds. And then I want to fill you to overflowing with my spirit and with my goodness. Mm. And so sometimes we're so afraid to get to eat. We're so afraid to get to empty because we think that's like, when we're going to just like, you know, clutter out and crumble and quit. But I think like God is almost sometimes waiting for us to get to that place because I think it's at that place where we finally can fully surrender at some points and just like God come and fill me once again, fill me to overflow. And so I think that obedience and like that discipline of choosing to like get rid of it you know, throw it away, you know, turn it off, whatever it is you need to do. It like might take you to empty, but that's okay. Because I think that's oftentimes the place where God meets us the most and where we literally have that pivot, that turnaround, that repentance moment, that repentance, you know, just literally means to turn around. We turn around and can begin walking in the other direction, like hand in hand with God again, Mm -hmm. which is, I think what we're all after ultimately. So, yeah, Yeah, I think if you reflect back on your story, anyone listening, you often find that the times you experience the presence of God most are the times when you were most desperate, you know, Mm -hmm. or most empty. So there is Mm -hmm. something to that, like something really beautiful of just being stripped of everything. And my husband always says like the most rewarding things happen on like the other side of like a sacrificial season or like a, a empty season or a hard season. Like if like he's relating that a lot to like the newborn season we're about to enter into. He's like, it's going to be so worth it. It's going to be so hard. It's going to be so worth it. 
(laughs) But yeah, that's, that's good. It's a good word. So good. And encouraging too, right? It lifts a weight of like, oh, wait, like to like get out of my rut. I don't need to like get up in this high, heightened best self moment. It's like, no, to get out of your rut, it's actually best if you like, just like empty yourself, like let things go, like be okay being like humbled and without, and like he'll restore all of that again. Like, yeah. And it's so, so beautiful, you know, like show up as you are, you're never too far gone. Yes. I, we've experienced like a lot of heart, the most grief I've ever experienced in my life, the last year and a half trying to get pregnant, we had two miscarriages and I, I, found that I experienced the presence of God the most as I was wrestling in those seasons. And I was so mad at him, like so mad. And the best part about that was I could tell him I was mad (laughs) and knew he wasn't going anywhere. Um, and so I think there's the, the, just relating it back to like feeling stripped of everything you experience his presence when you're just willing to show up in like the muck and mud and wrestle, even if you're not like, yeah, Jesus, like (laughs) love you, man. Like, you're just like, I'm actually really upset with like this whole plan you have for my life. Can we like talk about it? Yes. So good. (laughs) So true. Yeah. And I think like we talked about like emptying yourself in like one tangible way. And I think this is kind of like the last thing, you know, you, you've like chosen to get back to it. You've asked for accountability. You've like emptied yourself, cutting the thing out. And it's like, okay, maybe you're like, okay, I like got nothing left and like, God, I want to feel you again. We say this all the time, but it's like, get into an atmosphere of worship, get into a place where like, you can literally uh, praise God that you can be in his presence and begin to like feel him stirring in you again. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been so many times in my life where like, I just didn't know, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I was trying to discern something. I just felt so distant. And mm-hmm. then somehow I like find myself at some worship night or some, you know, Sunday morning. And I'm like in the back row, like, don't even really want to be there, you know, all this stuff. And then like three songs in, I'm like, God, I'm like on my knees, like just like, yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, I think yeah. sometimes it's just like you gotta have, you gotta feel him again. You gotta have those like that goosebump moment where you feel his spirit. It's so tangibly present him there with you. And I think what's so cool about worship is I believe that worship is what tunes our heart to like literally be in sync with God again. Um, like we cannot be in an atmosphere of worship without like literally like our 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 heartbeat almost lining up with his again. Um, It's just like you feel when you're off beat, but then it's so easy to get the beat back when you're literally like, praise is like pulsating throughout the atmosphere Mm -hmm. and in the room. And so we just so believe, I mean, worship, there's no, there's no like striving in worship. There's no effort in worship. It's literally Mm -hmm. just showing up and soaking in his presence. And Mm -hmm. then um, I think it's a knee jerk reaction to feel him again, to feel him with you. And when you're, when you're filled up with him again, when you're overflowing with him again, I think it gives you the strength you need to, to make the hard choices, to begin the discipline and the obedience. And um, I think it's a Mm -hmm. cool thing that we can always get ourselves in an atmosphere of worship. It doesn't have to be a worship night. It could be in your car, like get in your car and go drive for an hour and blast worship music or, <laughs> yes. you know, in your room, whatever it is. But I just think there's such power in worship. And when we don't know what to do when we're waiting on something, when we're confused, like 
get into that atmosphere of praise because yeah. I so believe it can shift and create breakthrough in your life in ways mm-hmm. that is unlike anything else. Yes. Yeah. And like worship doesn't even have to include worship music. Like yeah. for you, it could be, I love going on a walk in this park every single day. And this is where I feel like the most connected to God go on a walk, you know, or go to the beach. If that the ocean brings you that stillness or that, um, joy or presence of the Lord, like it doesn't have to look like, you know, mainstream set mainstream Christianity says like, Mm -hmm. this is worship. I mean, it can be, it can be what it could be movement. Like it could be yoga or it could be a run, whatever. It could be anything. Yeah. Um, but knowing what that is for you, where you experience his presence the most and then entering into that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's really important. Yeah. It's really important to go on that journey with God of yep. discovering how you feel his presence. Like everybody experiences him differently. And it's funny, like, I don't know, through social media, through TikTok through Instagram, whatever, through even just conversation with friends, we like feel like we have to encounter him a certain way, like through journaling or through a worship night. And it's like, no, do your thing. Like, how do you feel him? Like, how do you actually connect with God? And I think like, that's really huge to be able to identify. Um, We also just did a podcast about, um, we titled it for the girl who feels awkward at worship nights. And um, it was actually like, really fun. Yeah, exactly. A lot of us, right? You like some of us, like this is more the corporate worship vibe. Like a lot of us, like kind of sometimes don't go to those just because we like we're like, ah, oh, we don't worship like that, or like I feel weird there, or I get really distracted there. And I think there's something really beautiful about a group of men or women or just women. We're all we're all favorite towards just women we love that yeah <laughs> um, just yeah. women's great yeah right the boys. just girls but like just like an atmosphere of worship like that but like we all have to we all worship differently and yeah. we talked about what it looks like like even just straight out of scripture like what scripture says about like getting on your knees in worship and like the impact of that and then raising your hands in worship and the impact of that and all these different postures of worship that were really fun. Um, it's like a really fun episode. I think for anybody who's like, okay, I want to know how to worship God or like, I want to know how to encounter him or like feel his presence. And I never have before. That's probably a fun episode to, to listen to just because you you'll learn some more. So it's kind of, yeah, fun. I'm definitely going to listen to that one. Yeah. I, I have learned that like just being married, like I experience God's presence so differently than my husband and vice versa. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is just like a beautiful picture of like all God's children just being created so differently and connecting with him in different ways. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely need to listen to that episode. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I don't even want to worship next to you. Like you're distracting me. <laughs> that's awesome I know and even worse though sometimes we like judge other people yeah in the way they step we're like oh my gosh she's just trying to show off with her hands up in the air and it's like wait no like one person she really encounters God that way and the other person encountered God being more quiet in worship like we all like if there's judgment in a inside of us in a worship atmosphere that's on us that's yeah. on nobody but us that's so it's true a- We've all got to learn how to like have a really sensitive monitor of judgment in worship filled atmosphere because you aren't going to grow and you aren't going to counter God 
with judgment in your spirit. It's just no, yeah, yeah. that's just a barrier. It's just a block yeah. to experiencing yeah. him. Yeah. Um, okay. I have four questions that I ask every single guest and I'm trying to figure out there's two of you. So maybe you could answer for each other since you're like besties, that would be fun. <laughs> we definitely can do that. Yes, okay. Okay. So the first question is what is something that you're currently obsessed with right now? Like, um, a food product, a podcast, a TV show, a book, something. What okay. is Ken's obsessed with and what is Mac obsessed with? Okay. Ooh. Well, I know right away. Mac is obsessed with, oh, two quick things. Love Island. Do you know that show? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He loves Love Island. <laughs> uh, she's telling me all about it yesterday. I was, yes. She's always on the latest TV show though. Yeah. And yeah. then she's also obsessed with her new boyfriend, <laughs> which is really, really embarrassing for her, but I had to throw it out there. That's so embarrassing. That's yeah, so exciting. You. How long y'all been together? Uh, about six months. Oh, that's so cute. I love it. That's so fun. Oh my gosh. Okay. What am I? She doing? literally made fun of me the other day because I had, I changed my background on my phone, like a picture of us and that it up different a couple months before or whatever and she was like why do you change this like and I was like we're long distance as well and I was like we're long distance I was like that's how I see him okay and yeah. I was like so weirded out I was like because we're not like maybe the people that even care about what I don't no. some people are really like good about keeping their like home screen clean and cute and stuff you <laughs> yes. know we are not those girls and so I was very confused at why she had been updating her thing and then when she explained, I understood better. But at first I was like, you're weird. <laughs> I was judging. There's the judgment. I know, right? You removed that girl. I, my, husband and yeah. I were long, my husband and I were long distance for eight months, the first eight months of dating. And yeah. then, which was tough, but I actually kind of liked it because I got like my own life too. We like to, yeah. you know, got to see each other when it was nice. Anyways, but then he moved here to Wilmington and three months after that we were engaged so it could be any day now yeah (laughs) I think it might be her story too so TBD yeah Yeah. yes he's moving to where I live in one month so oh yeah that sounds great literally the same track that's awesome (laughs) what a confirmation we need I love it I love it yeah Just to prophesy, think, prophesy yeah. over your life. That's, Thank that's you for what that. I'm doing. Thank you. I received that. <laughs> <laughs> um, something Ken's is obsessed with. Okay, this is stuck in my head, but I feel like this is true. So we've been doing like training. We've been training um, our regional directors who will go out and lead our leaders essentially on campuses. And Kenzie has talked to them about 12 times about being an includer, including people that feel left out. And like yeah. her whole life long, this has been her. So like she is so obsessed with including people which is the best thing to be obsessed with but I've just heard her rave about like literally go on like pretty intense <laughs> rants about it I've heard about four of them in the last 24 hours so it's true and I won't give one here I'll just say one quick thing is that being an inclusive person being an inclusive Christian is probably your best like tool in growing the kingdom of God. Like if you want to grow something that you're doing, like a Bible study, a ministry, or just like your friend group or whatever, be somebody who is kind to everybody in the room, one, and then also be somebody who is a place where everybody's welcome. 
And that's all I'll say, but it's crazy looking back on my life. Like literally like God has moved the most through inclusivity. And I see that in a lot of other people's lives too. So yeah, that's my little rant, but I have been obsessed with that topic. I love it. That's another topic you need to add to your podcast for sure. Yeah. Um, it's good. Okay. My next question is what is something that you're, that Ken's is looking forward to in 2021 and that Mac is looking forward to in 2021. I feel like we already got one answer. (laughs) We totally got one answer already for Mac. And that is that her boyfriend's moving to her small town in North Carolina and there will probably be a ring involved. So I'm declaring that in Jesus name. I love it. I love it. Yes. Okay. Ken's is looking forward to, she has an anniversary trip coming up one year of marriage anniversary. Yeah. Where are y'all going? We're going to Newport, Rhode Island. Fun. That's cute. It's fun. I like totally thought by a year we would maybe like we always talked about, we got married kind of, you know, during COVID stuff, we would have probably done some sort of European thing, but, um, couldn't. And so we were like year one, we will we'll like do a big trip, but then it went by so freaking fast. I'm like, yeah, we are just going next door. I can't, we can't plan anything. So anyways, <laughs> it'll be so fun. Do like a yeah. five-year trip to Europe or something. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm like wondering how people do that year one, two on a budget. I'm like, year one, you like going to Italy. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Well, it might happen if you married uh, a rich man. (laughs) We love that that for you. Love that for you. Yeah. Yeah, Not our story. Um, (laughs) Okay. The third question is, Um, what is something that you really love about yourself? So I'm going to, I'm going to pivot it to what is something that Mac, you really love about Ken's and Ken's you really love about Mac. Ooh. Um, wow. So many things. Do you want me to answer? Cause I know you already got mine. Yeah, you go. Um, I think mine for Mac is her, um, her heart or like her life's mission. I feel like, um, (laughs) her life's mission is just to like be on her home turf and like impact her neighbors and her family and her soon to be husband and family. (laughs) Wow. I'm really like going hard on that. Yeah. You're like hammering that in. I need to like, let go of that, but I love her heart for like the, her home turf. Like, and Mac, it's kind of fun. It's like in her personality. She's just like, we all American family girl. And like, I just like love that vibe of her. It's sweet getting to do ministry with somebody who um, really does care about just the home turf and not like, especially in today's world where it's all about like building your influence and building your fame and growing your mm-hmm. following. I feel like it, it's kind of toxic when you're surrounded by those, those types of people, if, if it's, if it's negative. And so I'm grateful for that. That's mine. So I love good. that hometown, small town girls, what I was going <laughs> on. Yeah. Small town girl. Yeah. Um, I would say for Kent, 
well number one the fact that she's like such an includer uh, we've already talked about that but I mean it's like the coolest thing ever and then I think the second thing is Ken's makes everything fun like literally it's always going to be fun it's always going to be exciting it's always going to be a great time and I think it's not just like a um, superficial gift I think it's actually a spiritual gift because Mm. um, she can take things that other people would see as dull and boring and like oh I don't want to do that it's like she makes an experience where people Mm. it brings life and it brings joy and I think whenever we're feeling that it's so much easier for people to connect with Jesus and so um, she makes everything everything fun Oh, wow. That's a word. I'm receiving that. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that word. Okay. (laughs) Last question is if you could, I guess you can answer this together. If you could leave our listeners with one little nugget of wisdom today, just one little thing to land on, what would that be? Mm. Ooh, let's see. I feel like it needs to be on topic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It could be anything. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Let's see. Um, um, okay. I would say when it comes to this topic, we talked about with like getting back to your faith and all of these things, I think it's super easy to only look at, um, and especially when other people in your life are doing this, they're trying to like restore the relationship with the Lord or anything like that. I think it's super easy to kind of look at the outward appearance of what it looks like to kind of look at the, like, um, what are their choosing and things like that. But we talk about all the time. I so believe in the power of heart transformation over sin management, Mm. um, not just managing your sin because you think it looks good on the outside, but truly letting God change your heart. Um, and that could be in any context that could be in, you know, getting your heart back in love with him. That could be in your heart towards the way that you see your body. That could be your heart Mm. towards a friend that could be your heart in a relationship, but a transformation of your heart is going to take you so much further than simply managing the symptoms of it. Um, and so it's like getting back to the core. It's like literally, um, Carlos Whitaker talks about killing the spider rather than just clearing out the web. Um, you got to kill the spider in order for the web, the cobwebs to not come back. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing in this. It's like, let God transform your heart in that area, like true heart transformation rather than just dealing with the symptoms or dealing with the sin one at a time. Um, because I think when your heart transforms, then all the other stuff falls into place way easier. So heart transformation over sin management. Love that. I love that cobweb one too. That was a good little analogy. (laughs) Yes, that's good. Okay, well, just not to add too many things to this, I'll just add to that, the heart management. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, the heart management is so big. And I feel like my heart is transformed when I look at my life and, um, the up the valleys and the mountains because that's real right like what we're talking about ruts and all of that that's so real and and we already said this too but like a lot of the heart transformation for me has happened when I responded to an altar call um situation and I know this is very specific but um like when I when somebody asked me and it couldn't this that altar call is just kind of like a visual example like it really might be like actually like walking to the altar at church and that has been true for me um and my heart has been changed in those moments like stand like a moment where you had to stand up if you blank or raise your hand if you blank or 
stand up and walk forward and get on your knees, come to the altar moment, like has been the heart transformation for me. And it's happened like three or four times in my spiritual life and my journey and my routes and my valleys. And so I just want to encourage that. It also might be speaking up, you know, speaking up and being brave enough to make change, like any kind of moment like that is really important. So I don't know for anybody listening, who's the next time they're in a worship atmosphere and there's an altar call moment, I would just encourage you to put your pride beside you and respond because it's in a response that change happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it for myself and I've seen that to be true for my, for my husband. There's been like multiple radical encounters he's had with God through an altar call moment. I've seen it through Mac. I've seen it through friends all over the place. I think it's important to put your pride beside and respond. So That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word for sure. Well, y'all thanks so much for coming and speaking to our audience on this topic. I know that everyone can relate quickly and I'll link it in the show notes, um, share where they can find you on Instagram or what's the best place to, to find you. Yes. Okay. So if you are in college, you definitely need to follow delight ministries. It's at delight ministries. I mean, everything you could ever need in college. We got it for you there when it comes to your spiritual journey. Um, and then if you're in college as well, plus any other age, then you definitely need to check out for the girl, which is at for the girl underscore, underscore, underscore three underscores. Um, yeah, the trip underscore for the girl. Yes. Yes. One, two, three. Yes. Um, but that's where you'll see most of Ken's and I goofing off, having fun, and then also sharing about new Bible studies and podcast episodes and things like that. So those are the two best places to kind of keep up with us. Yeah. yeah. And I'll link all that in the show notes for you listeners, but y'all thank you so much for hopping on and talking with me today. Yes. Yes. This was so fun. We love, love, love what you're doing. I think it's so, so important that you are speaking to women and we know from experience with like working with so many college women that especially when it comes to body image and the way that they see themselves, like, I mean, it is like the number one thing I hear women struggling with. And yeah. so um, we're so thankful for women like you who are bridging that gap, filling that gap and yes. giving them truth in such a hard, hard topic and issue. So thank you for what you do. Oh, yes. thank we're you. coming to the gym when we're in Wilmington next time. Yes, we are. I got a studio <laughs> right here for you. Um, all right, y'all. Well, hopefully we can connect soon and listeners, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.